0: Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kinda whatever. Mainly we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. Hello, Holden. How are we doing today? Doing pretty good. I'm a little tired, but... That's not
1: good enough, Holden. (laughs) You should be so grateful because watching shows like The Last of Us makes us appreciate what we have.
0: Indeed it does, it does. Uh, but we've got a great episode for you this week featuring our reviews of Last of Us, episode four, in addition to All Quiet on the Western Front and Knock at the Cabin. Wow, so.
1: lots of stuff this
0: week. Yeah, a lot of stuff. And I only remember some of the stuff we're talking about, Sweet. <laughs> so we'll see how the discussion goes.
1: Well, in the words of Joel Miller, put on your seatbelt. That one movie podcast. Half- Fast-
0: <sighs> but first, Jimmy, we have to do the toms. All right, Holden.
1: Good thing no big comic book movie industry laid out like a ten-year slate of movies this week. Am I right?
0: We we sure are lucky for that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Sweet. Then let's dive into the toms.
0: The Toms, the Toms, the Toms, the Toms. Toms is a rapid fire segment where we, where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Broca, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it.
1: Well, good thing, Holden, Netflix didn't decide
0: to do actual squid
1: games. Am I right, Holden?
0: <laughs> yeah, we should talk about that. I... Uh, Didn't even write that down. We can hit that real quick, though. Well, good thing I
1: sarcastically bring things up because (laughs) we might not even talk about them.
0: Yeah. um, So first off, uh, Netflix is doing a Squid Game, like, reality show.
1: They're like, Squid Game, you hear about this? You remember this?
0: Yeah. They're like, you know, this show that's like a criticism on, you know, class and and, like, what people will do for money and all of this. Exploitation. Yeah, exploitation. Let's just do that, (laughs) but real. (laughs) Seems very odd. I mean, benefit of the doubt, you know, Squid Game is is very popular, so, you know, making a game show out of it, I think, could be interesting, but it sounds like it's just been hell. (laughs) Yeah, well, okay,
1: didn't Mr. Beast already do this on YouTube? Yeah, I think he did something
0: similar, yeah.
1: I... Be honest, Holden. I'll be honest with you. I have never seen a
0: single Mr. Beast video. I have not either. Video. I, I, all I know is whenever the headlines mention Mr. Beast, he's he's a little his demographic is a little younger than us I think
1: it's it's always like I gave someone a bajillion dollars (laughs) I'm like what the heck (laughs) why does he have so much money Uh, I was planning on watching this and then I just forgot about it so I guess maybe I'll watch it sometime and this Netflix show so it's real life squid game and apparently they were doing the red light green light except you know they don't actually kill people but I don't they were like making people stand for like 30 yeah, pe- minutes still and they like didn't have food and like they had to have minimal like layers on and it was freezing out or like really bad people were losing feelings in their extremities
0: yeah people were fainting like losing consciousness because of how cold and how strenuous a lot of it was i don't know if there are any like physical and in- injuries i can't remember um like i said i didn't write this down so i don't have the details in front of me but um yeah, there there was a lot of various fainting and and starvation and other things going on on this set at least it sounds like. Yeah. So,
1: also like were they planning on like a whole episode being red light green light? I don't know. <laughs> like like, like- <laughs> people standing still and then like them cutting to interviews of people later. Also when there's 456 contestants, how do you get to know any of them? I feel like you have to oh. whittle that down
0: oh and okay that was the other part of this i remember reading is that some of the contestants were like accusing the like people that are the showrunners or whatever that they would like they were like planning ahead for like who was going to pass on because like they apparently some of like they had booked some of the exit flights early for some of the contestants like (laughs) before the show was supposed to be done wow so weird So I don't know. That's I don't know. I mean, obviously that hasn't been confirmed at all. But some accusations being thrown around by some of the people there. Very interesting. Yeah. Um.
1: So yeah, sounds like a bad idea. They should have just hired Mr. Beast to do. I guess Bombadil.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I'll give it a Bombadil as well. Squid Game in real life. Bad idea. Who would have guessed? Sweet. Um, But yeah then Jimmy we do have a lot of DC news. Um, In fact James Gunn had said that by the end of January he was going to unveil his uh, slate of upcoming projects and on the very last day of January he did indeed do that. Um, So we'll kind of take it piece by piece. Uh, First of all uh, he mentioned that the upcoming shazam flash blue beetle and aquaman movies are still part of the dcu to some extent um with the flash uh, for for sure serving as like a reboot of sorts which is kind of what people were predicting anyway
1: yeah apparently it's good that's what he said but <laughs> yeah he <laughs>
0: said something know. like it's one of the best superhero movies that's, ever made yeah
1: I don't know if he said that, but he's like, it's a fantastic film, and I'm just so glad. Can't wait for you to see it. Whatever he said.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which, I mean, he is the head of DC Studios, so maybe he has to say that. We'll see. We'll be the it's judge. Just a laser on his <laughs> head. We'll be the judges of that I, when it comes out.
1: Here's my thing. These movies were already so far in production that Warner Brothers is like, these movies are coming out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Flash, just say that it resets it will not have anything to do with what's coming forward unless you add some extra little you're going to just you know do some reshoots add a couple little <laughs> cameos from your future actors yeah that's and what... then we'll call it a day and then that's like oh it's connected even though we will never Ever mention any of these people ever again? (laughs) I mean, the
0: only way I I think it could work as is is if it's already like kind of a like Spider Man No Way Home situation where like time travel and shenanigans happen, and then like like Barry Allen isn't the Flash anymore or something, or like no one knows who anyone is by the end of the movie or something. And from that point, that would be an okay launching pad in and of itself. But my guess is that's not exactly where it's going to be. So I don't know exactly how this is going to work.
1: I don't know. They're coming out. James Gunn's like, look, they're coming out. You're gonna love them. Maybe you won't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway, that bit I'll give it a Bergeron. Uh, sure. Then okay, we can get into the actual slate. So first of all, uh, the uh first chapter of the DCU is is titled "Gods and Monsters." Um, and the, um slate that he announced he made he mentioned that isn't like the entire like first phase i guess you could call it um but this is just a lot of it so the first one he mentioned is creature commandos which is an animated series it's going to be written by james gunn and i don't really know what it is i meant to look up like what creature commandos is prior to this but I assume it's going to be some D-list, D-listers that James Gunn makes popular. Yeah, he's I was going to
1: say, he's never done that a million times before. <laughs> yeah. So I'll just give that a broka. especially as he's writing it. It's animated. It'll be good. I'm sure it'll be funny.
0: Yeah. I, characters. I think the, the weasel from S- The Suicide Squad is in it.
1: Yeah, I, I remember seeing some... Uh, uh, the drawing of it or something when they were showing when I was watching the James Gunn describes everything that's coming out But Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's fun. The weasel was funny. Um that's a that's a broke off for that one.
1: Yeah, broke off. Um,
0: uh, second one is Waller, uh, which is uh, is going to be following Viola Davis's character, Amanda Waller, who previously appeared in the last two Suicide Squad movies and also the end of Black Adam. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, and also she had a cameo in Peacemaker as well. But uh, apparently it's her character. Uh, she's going to be teaming up with some of Team Peacemaker. Uh, it's going to be created by the writers behind uh, Watchmen and Doom Patrol. So interesting there. Heard those are good. Yeah. Um I don't think any like story is really known or anything yet but um yeah interesting I, I think Amanda Waller is a, like a character in the comics is interesting. I mean we haven't gotten a ton of her in the DCU so far but um Viola Davis didn't Viola Davis just win an EGOT isn't she an EGOT recipient now or something? I think
1: so. Yeah, yeah I think she Emmy, got a Grammy, Grammy Oscar, Tony. Uh, yeah, I think
0: i think so i think she got a grammy last night at the ceremony so um yes i can't believe she won an electronic game of thrones yeah right Mm -hmm. (laughs) um yeah i I don't know waller series i'll give it a brokaw might be interesting plus the team behind it's cool so
1: yes i'll give it a brokaw too and then we can always say waller hardly even know her if of course and we
0: probably will every time it comes up yeah um the first movie that's going to be coming out in this is superman legacy uh, which is a, obviously a reboot of the superman films it's going to be coming july 11th 2025 it's written by james gunn doesn't have a director attached as of yet i wouldn't be surprised if james gunn does it though like if it's the first movie in this in their universe and i, I wouldn't be surprised if he wants to like just start it out right or something anyway um no casting or anything uh apparently it's going to be about like a younger superman kind of his uh his upbringing clashing with i I don't know exactly what it is but i think it's going to be more of a teenage to young adult superman which is superman puberty (laughs) yeah (laughs) um I think, I mean, Superman not my favorite hero by a long shot, but I mean, I think it's important to get this right. And James Gunn being behind it, I think is good. It is a bit of a different time period that we've seen. I mean, we've seen Teenage Superman, but not focused heavily, aside from like Smallville, <laughs> the TV show. Um, so I think this could be good.
1: I don't know. I I don't really. I've never really found Superman that interesting. But I haven't like read any comics or anything. I heard there's good stories out there, um. So I'm open to it. I've never. I was like I could not get past like 30 minutes of Man of Steel. (laughs) It is pretty. I think I've seen like an hour of Superman Returns. I've never seen the original 1978 one or nor any of its sequels. So. I really don't have any nostalgia or interest in Superman at all, and I would love to have that completely flipped on its head by a good Superman movie. So I will give it a Bergeron.
0: I think I'll also give it a Bergeron just because we don't know a ton, and I'm also kind of lukewarm on Superman. I don't know um, if I
1: want teenage Superman.
0: I think I could be into it. I I think just the fact that it's different I, I might be into. Um Uh, Fun fact, I have watched the original, like, 1970s Superman, and I made it halfway through Superman 2, and then it got taken off of Netflix while I was watching
1: it. Yeah,
0: so I've seen one and a half of those. Anyway, uh, the next bit is one of the more exciting ones. Uh, It's an HBO series called Lanterns. Um, and it's going to be follow. It's about the Green Lanterns, John Stewart and Hal Jordan, who are two of the more popular Green Lanterns. And James Gunn described it as "True Detective" but with Green Lanterns.
1: Yes, uh, John Stewart. So what's the deal with this government? You know, that's yeah, my classic. classic John Stewart. <laughs> uh, I like how James Gunn just kept referring to HBO properties. This is like a True Detective. Warner Brothers, don't. I, I'm doing this. <laughs> i feel like warner Bros just had a gun ironically a gun <laughs> yeah honestly it, it was what's his brother sean gun sean gun sean yeah. gun with a gun aimed at james gun there are lots of guns in this room okay <laughs> and he's like uh hbo property uh uh true de- true detective and uh game of thrones And
0: so you could, mentioned that i and i you mentioned that on thursday and i thought about it i'm like i don't i, I don't know if it, it i feel like it's just because they're good shows honestly. Like I well, I don't know. If- I, no,
1: I think he vaguely is like, "Oh, this is something vaguely in this tr- it's going to be like a crime mystery detective thing." Mm-hmm. What's an HBO property that's well liked that's that? Oh, True Detective. Oh, a political intrigue thing. What's an HBO property associated with? Oh, Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> I I think there were some uh some uh, higher-ups pushing for some name drops.
0: Could be. Anyway, I'm still excited for it.
1: I'll give that one a Broca. This lantern show, will it be lit, as the kids say? I bet it will be. I bet it will be. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I'll go
0: Bergeron. All right. Um, The next one is a movie called The Authority, um, which is based on Wildstorm characters, which I believe it's like a third-party comic book manufacturer and i think they got bought out by dc i should have read into this more i meant to beforehand so i could just be spouting nonsense but um they're basically it's a group of superheroes who think that the world is broken and is willing to fix it by any means necessary that's what james gunn said so so it's like peacemaker like i will
1: bring about peace by any means necessary i will kill as many people probably except
0: these guys probably have
1: superpowers yeah Oh wow, that's rude to John Cena. <laughs> um, I mean, sounds interesting. I'll go Bergeron. Could be great.
0: I'll give it a Bergeron as well. Uh, the next one in the HBO comparisons is Paradise Lost, uh, which is going to be following uh, Themyscira, otherwise known as Paradise Island. That's the birthplace of Wonder Woman, and it's apparently uh, he James Gunn described it as Game of Thrones like. Nice. Does that sound Again. interesting to you, Jimmy?
1: Uh, Bergeron for me. Again, I think he's just naming HBO properties. <laughs> I'll also
0: <laughs> give that one to Bergeron. Um, then we have Batman, um, which just to clarify for anyone who wasn't already aware, the Batman with Robert Pattinson is not going to be set in this new up- up- Uh, dc universe it's its own thing so this is a separate batman property it's
1: part of dc elseworlds yes yes which i'll get to in a second this is the dcu batman now
0: yeah dcu batman uh the movie is going to be called the brave and the bold and it's apparently going to be based on uh, batman and damian wayne's stuff Uh, if you're familiar with damian wayne that's he's a robin introduced fairly recently and by recently i mean i think like since the beginning of the century <laughs> yeah like early um, so, 2000s that yeah about right. um but he's uh, bruce wayne's biological son raised by assassins uh it's apparently based on a grant morrison comic run um, mother so is talia al ghul yeah his mother is talia al ghul she's um, in the arkham games so. i i think this could be cool um i think starting a bit later um for batman kind of works considering we just gotten so much like early batman um and so starting later i think gives more opportunities for like just more uh, stories like damian wayne and everything which i always envisioned damian wayne as like you know a decade or two down the line for the batman um and Damian Wayne is a cool character from what I know I've seen you know some of the animated movies with him and read a couple comics he's he's pretty cool so yeah he's
1: James Gunn's favorite Robin
0: oh yeah he did mention that what do you think of this Jimmy
1: uh well I mean it's another Batman movie so I I will always be excited for that Mm -hmm. I mean Ben Affleck's Batman was theoretically older than even this one um that's true I will go, I mean, I guess Brokaw just because I love Batman. He's my favorite superhero. Uh, I'll be interested to see how the Bat family will work in this. Will there (laughs) be a Batgirl? Will there be Oracle? Alright, will there be uh, Dick Grayson, Tim Drake, Jason Todd? Like, you know, will you have your Red Hood? Will you have your Nightwing? These other Robin characters that morph into things? Or will it
0: just be Damian Wayne? Will they go the Talia Al-Gura? Will Rage Al-Guru be in it? that's true. I think in some of the um follow-up tweets that James Gunn was kind of answering people's questions, I think he said he was wanting to make like a Nightwing movie too in here. So I don't know if that's on the docket, but it might be down the line.
1: Um well, I mean it'd be interesting. Like mm-hmm. I don't we haven't gotten a lot of the Bat family on screen other than yeah. like Batman and Robin. <laughs> so
0: <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Cool. Uh the next piece is a Booster Gold TV series. Uh Booster Gold is kind of a fan favorite hero cuz he's like a loser from the future who essentially steals some technology to come back and pretend to be a superhero. <laughs> so then people will like him. <laughs> kind of like Syndrome from Yeah, the yeah, that's a good yeah, good comparison. Um yeah, I think Booster Gold. I mean, I haven't seen a ton, but I, he was very good in the Justice League cartoon, from what I remember. And I mean, people do seem to like him a lot. So I think it's a Brokaw from me.
1: Uh, sounds good. I'll give it a Bergeron.
0: Cool. Uh, then we have Supergirl World of Tomorrow, uh, which is based on the Tom King run, which from like within the last couple of years, I believe, um, Tom King wrote the Mi- Mr. Miracle run that I really, really like. Um, I don't read a ton of comics, but I didn't read that one. It's very good. Who's in Mr. Miracle? Um, Mr. Miracle is in that. That's the superhero? Yeah. He's uh he's like one of he's a former lieutenant of Dark Side, but he becomes a hero in the DC universe. He's very good. Senor Milagro, as they say. <laughs> um uh, Well, why don't they just make that then, Olden? They should. Well, Maybe they probably will. Yeah, I mean it's I think people really like that mr miracle comic so if it gets far enough down i think they will
1: nice so
0: uh Uh, bergeron why not yeah bergeron for me as well and the final one is swamp thing which is going to be a horror film origin story for the character the same name and what's interesting about this one is it might be directed by james mangold (laughs) oh wow um, because following the DC uh, kind of lineup announcement, he tweeted a image of Swamp Thing on his Twitter. And this was following uh, several rumors of him already meeting with DC to direct a property. So nothing more than some strong rumors, but it's very possible he might be doing Swamp Thing.
1: Remember when Swamp, that or first Swamp Thing show was coming out and people really liked it? And then it like got canceled before it was even done airing the first season or something like that
0: yeah it was like before it was even done filming yeah they they, were like
1: filming it still or doing reshoots or something as it was releasing
0: yeah because they ended up having to like reshoot the last episode to kind of act as a series finale I think it was just because it went so over budget or something I never watched it but I've always I've thought about at some point getting around to it because people do like it yeah
1: I will give that a Brokaw. I think that would be cool, especially if it's uh, directed by James Mangold, who will hopefully have made an amazing Indiana Jones movie
0: by then. Yes, (laughs) I'll also give it a Brokaw. Um, so just some other parts of this Uh, as you mentioned earlier um, any other project outside of the dcu um, so stuff like the batman joker 2 i mean like the harley quinn show all of these things are going to be labeled as dc elseworlds from now on Um, so it's kind of a cool way for them to be able to still make these un, you know untethered movies and shows um, while also while making it hopefully clear as to what is and what isn't connected. Although I'm sure people will still be confused. Um, And the Batman sequel is also officially coming out October, 2025 and is going to be called the Batman part two. All
1: right. Dos Batmans. (laughs) Dos Batmans. Dos 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 the Batman. Dos Bat hombres. (laughs) I don't remember what bat is in Spanish. Bat in Spanish. Oh, Murcielago.
0: Murcielago. Perfect. M- I need murci- that
1: one. Murcielago. <laughs> Dos m- hombres. murcielago. <laughs> what is Batman in Spanish? Okay. They just, they just call him. Um, well, no, not Google Translate. What do they actually call him in Spanish? They probably just say Batman. Yeah. Anyway. Ba- bat hombre. That sounds
0: better. <laughs> okay.
1: Everything sounds cooler in Spanish, man. It does. Um other pieces. Dos.
0: <laughs> other pieces of this though. Um so he also mentioned that animation movies and games are all gonna be connected, uh, with actors playing the same characters in each medium. Which is crazy, especially considering
1: games. So yeah. is but Suicide Squad's not in that yet, right? Suicide Squad kills just No, League.
0: that's uh, that, my guess is when that comes out that'll have a DC Else Worlds logo at the beginning of it. Suicide Squad, it's microtransactions time. Yeah, baby. Exactly. <laughs> um But then also, uh, James Gunn emphasized that the director's and writer's visions are the most important part. Which, I mean, that could be studio talk, but cons- it is James Gunn who I think, you know has been given that leeway by both marvel and dc so he sees kind of he's been able to see firsthand the importance that has so i think it's very possible that is a a big focus of them
1: um now i'm just like thinking about like remember when james gunn got canceled yeah my my goodness the man (laughs) he is the
0: biggest comeback of the century like
1: wow like you think like ko Guan and brendan Fraser had a good comeback like james Gunn's freaking now kevin Feige. <laughs> yeah <laughs> like what the heck <laughs> how did that happen um good for him yeah all accounts seems like he's a nice guy who said some pretty just off color things trying to yeah be when so, he was a lot younger too when he was a lot younger and he's grown as a person yeah imagine that people <laughs> <laughs> growing and maturing as they age uh overall i'm just excited about the the dc slate holden i think these are things that i'm looking forward to someone has a vision and i think this could be something that really re-energizes comic book movies because marvel even though i i'm enjoying some of their movies it's starting to feel stale and i'm just not looking forward to it as much and yeah. this is something that I'm like, I think these are different than what Marvel is doing and potentially more exciting and or, I think, just ev- or just fresh.
0: And I think there's a good, I mean, sure, we have a lot of Marvel movies that are already almost done or still in production or whatever. But I think this could, I mean, if this turns out well, this could give Marvel a kick in the pants too to maybe, you know, improve how they do things. Or just
1: be a little bold, bolder, a little braver and bolder like a Batman Yeah, movie. exactly.
0: Marvel will write, create a Batman movie and then get sued. And that would, yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, DC overall, I'll give it a broka. I think it's overall very positive. Uh, what what he announced and a lot of very unique new things I would never expect to see. But I guess considering it's James Gunn, it's not too surprising. But excited for it.
1: Okay, now that James Gunn has had both feet dipped in the water on either side, mm-hmm. one foot dipped in either. I don't know what I'm trying to say this analogy <laughs> he's been on both sides of this now yeah. DC Marvel is there a chance in the distant future that we could have a combined event so I thought I've, DC and Marvel
0: I have thought about that for a long time I think I mean yeah as, as you say James Gunn being there I think there's a better chance than ever I think it could be I mean but at the same time like I mean, if you think the the relationship between Sony and Disney has been turbulent in the past for Spider-Man, I can only imagine how bad it would be for like Warner Bros. and Disney to try to work together on a project like this. So, I mean, I, I like I think it is more likely now than ever, and I think it honestly has a good chance of happening at some point, but I don't know how far away that is.
1: Imagine how much money that movie would make. James Cameron <laughs> would be on to direct, <laughs> just because he's like, I can't let this movie make more money than my movies. <laughs> I will even give up working on Avatar four. It would it's a- gonna blow your freaking socks off.
0: It would a hundred percent make the probably be the highest grossing movie of all time. It just having like every beloved character in it, and I mean, I think, I think. If we're thinking that far out, I think we would have to have the DC universe established a bit because you'd want, you know, Superman, Batman, all of these characters already probably have movies or appearances and stuff. But 2032. Yeah. 2032. That's our guess. 10, a little less than 10 years from now. When I'm president. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> incumbent. No, not incumbent. The one that's coming. What's the, I don't know. Um
0: Whatever what a, the <laughs> the president that is almost president here. to be soon
1: <laughs> what i don't they income i don't know what they call them there's a term um that's the first year i'm eligible i don't want to be the president please don't, <laughs> don't vote for me don't write me in holden don't okay, you do I it won't. son
0: i don't want you president anyway that's
1: so. a good idea <laughs> <laughs> i would i would be so bad i'd be like i i don't know <laughs> Sir, you got to
0: make a decision. Uh, uh flip a coin. Flip a coin. That's what I would do. Um yeah. Anyway, let's be done with DC news for now. No Sorry. more DC news, Holman. Yes. Let's get on to just a few other things. First of all, remember that movie Pokémon Detective Pikachu Jimmy that came out?
1: Yeah, I did. I do remember that movie from 2019. Yes the best video game adaptation of all time it was was,
0: i I liked it it
1: was pretty enjoyable i liked it too it was it was fun and then i thought the ending was like why why did you do this yeah (laughs) but anyway (laughs) uh,
0: a representative from legendary says that a sequel is still in active development despite no announcements in close to four years apparently there is a full script written uh, but they're just kind of looking for a creative more of a creative team and everything so
1: I do really like that one.
0: Yeah. It, it's kind of weird that it hasn't been like fast tracked to a sequel. Kind of like the Sonic movies. Yeah. Like I think it did it's, better, I think than, it's
1: better than the Sonic movies. Yeah. I think I like what it I more. Remember. And I think
0: maybe box office it did better too. So it's kind of surprising to me that it hasn't gotten a sequel yet.
1: I don't know. Um, I actually found Ryan Reynolds funny in that movie too. So
0: yeah, that's a good point. One of the, one of the exceptions. <laughs>
1: So, yeah, make it happen, Broka.
0: Broka for me as well. Um, Guillermo del Toro has already found his one of his next film projects. He's working on another live-action film now, but he has found his next stop-motion film, which is going to be an adaptation of the 2015 novel The Buried Giant. The Buried Giant follows an elderly Briton couple, B-R-I-T-O-N, Briton yeah, couple. Yeah, I don't, Brit, Britain. i don't don't.
1: as someone i i don't know how to say that
0: yeah brit Brit, britain uh follows an elderly britain couple axel and beatrice living in a fictional post-arthurian england in which no one is capable of holding long-term memories after vaguely recalling they might have had a son years earlier the couple venture to a neighboring village to find him um and i'm
1: sorry i'm still hung up on britain they just use the word british a british person an elderly
0: british couple yeah um this movie apparently is is like already heavily in the works and he's starting design work in two weeks with uh matilda the musical writer dennis kelly so and you said stop motion
1: yep well as someone who hasn't seen pinocchio but heard good things good for guillermo del Toro. I can't wait for it to come out on Netflix when nobody has Netflix anymore.
0: Yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> Is that
1: something you wrote down, Holden?
0: Netflix. No, we should. We should talk about it.
1: Did you write... What What do you write, okay, <laughs> do you I- write down? <laughs> well, okay. You're like, yeah, yeah. You just blatantly <laughs> didn't include two of the bigger stories of the week.
0: <laughs> I just forgot about
1: the uh, about
0: them, honestly. Um okay we can talk about the Netflix thing real quick. Um so Netflix kind of unveiled their 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 solution to password sharing. Their solution, quote unquote, that no one likes. The solution for which they already had a solution, which was yes. the multiple screens. Yes. Um and their solution is that for um in order to ensure that like it, no one's sh- uh, sharing passwords, the every every like s- is it every screen has to hook up to the um, Wi-Fi or has to connect to your local Wi-Fi network every 30 days. I
1: think every was it an account? I don't remember every device. I don't. Know. I think
0: it might be every device because now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. I mean that w- I mean you'd have TVs and stuff that would hook up to the, that. So yeah that's it um and people were like well that's stupid because some of us i mean there's there were, i was seeing granted these are celebrities and everything but i was seeing some celebrities tweet like well you know we're on the go all the time like <laughs> how how is this supposed to work like sometimes we're not at home for 30 days or whatever and i mean there's lots of examples of that just in, in the regular world and everything so um that was up for several days, but Netflix has since removed that from their site and they, they claimed that it was a mistake, but that's what every company says when this happens, <laughs> they get uploaded and then people don't like it.
1: Um, that's just dumb. like, if, uh, why don't you just increase the price by $2 a month? Mm-hmm. Like if you're like, really like just increase the price. Cause this is just stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like such a pain to on their end even and on the user's end awful it there's so many dumb things about it just you're better off just increasing the price and i mean just being like ah oh, you know inflation and here's a freaking idea why don't you quit making piles of dog poo that are cost you 300 million dollars like a red notice and yeah a, a exactly gray man which the, I-, I even moderately enjoyed gray man but why like but that why is it cost not that much? going to boost your <laughs> revenue. Like I don't understand the business. That, and then they're like, what if you can't freaking share your password? And it's just, it's nonsensical. There, if the, there are chimpanzees running that company or something. I swear. Like, oh my goodness.
0: And if I'm being blunt, I mean, like, first, I mean, you're, like the college kid crowd, I, I feel like is is not the biggest crowd, but is a sizable chunk of people that are going to be affected by this because they're... And and in that specific case, in other cases too, I guess, people are not going to buy a new Netflix account. They're going to take to the high seas. I was going to say,
1: yo, maybe. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like
1: if it's going to be inconvenient to use Netflix, people are like, well, I could just... I could, it could be inconvenient and I have to pay 20 bucks a month for it, or it could be inconvenient and free. Yeah. (laughs) Which would be pirating. (laughs) So, and you know, college kids, it's like, what, yeah, what are you going to do? So,
0: college kids are already broke. They're going to pinch pennies where they can. So,
1: but Holden and I, we have never pirated anything, just for the record. No, we are
0: flawless
1: beings. We may wear eye patches. And have peg legs. And walked the plank a couple times. but uh, And scraped off our fair share of barnacles from the hull. But, you know. That doesn't make us pirates. That doesn't make us pirates, yeah.
0: (laughs) Anyway, um, whether or not this is what actually will be implemented or not, we have yet to see. Maybe they'll update it and it won't be as bad. I mean, regardless, I think cracking down on the password sharing is stupid, really, in any capacity. So I'm going to give it a bombadil.
1: Yeah, uh, Thomas, two thumbs down, Bombadillo. Yeah, it's right. ba- I'll Tom go Bombadil, with that too. like a twenty-page-long Tom Bombadil chapter where he's singing the whole Gosh darn time. Oh gosh! All right, that's where I'm at. Can't with stand this. that. <laughs> <laughs> get back to the ring. <laughs> get back to Casa Doom. Um, it's it's silly. You already have a system in place. Just freaking increase the price and get it over with. For real, honestly. Then we can all just cancel and resubscribe the, the month that uh, Stranger Things comes out and then cancel <laughs> again, okay? Exactly.
0: Um, other pieces of news, um, King of the Hill is getting a revival officially at Hulu, Jimmy. I heard about this. Um, Mike Judge and Greg Daniels, the creators of the original series, are returning behind the scenes, while most of the voice cast is also returning, I assuming including Mike Judge, since he's already there. So, um, Yeah, I like King of the Hill. I think King of the Hill was pretty consistent through its entire run, honestly, so I'm kind of interested, especially with the recent Beavis and Butthead uh, reboot that they did uh that Mike Judge did I'm like okay this guy's still got some got some good creative juices flowing I'm interested to see what this could be like
1: yeah I'll give it a
0: brokaw even though I haven't watched King of the Hill I'll give it a a brokaw as well uh final piece of news Jimmy Um, except I might have
1: another piece of news
0: okay this is a tog
1: oh tog well mine's a tomp so what do we want to do say your tomp let's top uh just saw this today amc oh this player, yeah they are introducing cheaper tickets for bad seats in the theater so like if you have to sit way in the front row and look straight up like um we did for <laughs> lord of the rings <laughs> uh the rings of power uh not great See, so, you know stuff like that um that this would be, you know, you don't have to pay as much for those seats. Now, how much of a discount it is? I don't know. They're starting in a few cities. They're going to expand it nationwide. It sounds like they're keeping the price of all the other tickets the same. Well... Um, the, I guess the there are, like, the very best seats are uh, increased price, but unless you're, like, an AMC Stubbs or whatever their service is, we don't have an AMC in our city, mm-hmm. in either place where we're from, so... I don't really know what the, but I think they have Stubbs loyalty program but it's free to join that. So you can get those preferred seats, sightline. It's like the program is called Sightline or something. It's an interesting idea. I, I don't mean, think go well, ahead. okay, I,
0: my my opinion is I I'm okay with the front seats being discounted because I think that'll increase, you know, more people willing to go there. I think it makes sense cuz those seats suck, you know, <laughs> like whatever. Um but I'm not super stoked about them increasing prices on the best seats. Like I'm I'm I don't know. I I think that's kind of But if you dumb. just join their free to
1: join program, it's the same price. I guess they have all your information. I don't know. Here's- yeah,
0: I mean if that were if that remains consistent i guess i don't i mean that i wouldn't care too much because if i lived in a place with amc i'd have that program but at the same time like i don't know just a lot of general audiences aren't gonna have that and i i don't know seems a bit morally weird to me but
1: well okay first off the rationale makes sense because it's like well when you go to a a baseball game you play you pay more for a good seat or you pay more for a good seat at broadway a theater you know so that that part makes sense but here, i think <laughs> a couple things might happen first they make it cheaper at first and then they just jack up the prices a year from now exactly it's like the, yeah. the cheap sheets the cheap seat is now the cost of the normal seat and the normal seat's now more expensive and the other intent unintended consequence is Um, is people are just going to buy the cheap seat and then not sit there and Mm -hmm. either they'll just get away with that or you're just going to have people being like, this is my seat. Like you're sitting in my seat. Yeah. And that is always such an uncomfortable (laughs) thing to experience (laughs) knowing from personal experience that it's like, Hey man, you're you're sitting in my seat. Yeah. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, I mean, we'll see. I well, it, we'll see how it goes. I I think just leave it the way it was. Probably is where I'm leaning. But if it does, you know, I I think it makes more sense for like a, um, like a premiere. It's like the new Marvel movies coming out, and you just want to jam everybody you yeah. can in there.
0: I, to me, it's just like I I feel like it makes things more complicated and it makes honestly i don't think it's gonna draw in more people i think like movie theaters have already been like i mean they haven't been like struggling lately because we've had some big movies but they they haven't they they they've been slowly on the out and out even minus covid i think and i don't think this will help them really it just kind of feels dumb in my eyes i don't know we'll see We'll I'll give it a Bergeron. Yeah, uh, I will give it a... Yeah, I'll just go Bergeron, fine. All right, hold on, Tog. My only piece of Togp uh, is regarding the Wolverine game. Um, and this week we learned that the Wolverine game uh, from Insomniac is uh likely going to be releasing in 2024 which makes sense not coming out this year we got spider-man 2 coming out uh but apparently it's going to be very m rated which
1: is very interesting since it's
0: a marvel game yes um i think it makes sense i mean it's wolverine he's pretty brutal um the x-men origins wolverine game which apparently is actually good um i think the 360 and ps3 versions of that were m rated too um, that's apparently like a God of War clone game from that era, but um, yeah, I think it that that could be interesting. I was I was also reading that I I don't think this is confirmed, but there's a lot of rumors that it's going to be a lot more linear than uh like Spider Man. Nice.
1: Yes, so I like that. I uh,
0: it might still I it might still be open a little bit. Um, but you know whatever. I think no, that, I he's think
1: literally. It's like Temple Run, but you're Wolverine.
0: Yes. <laughs> I, I, what, I'm trying to remember. I saw some. I don't remember if it was this or a different game. Some game this week I saw that they were comparing the structure to God of War 2018. What was that? Oh, uh, have been Hogwarts Legacy? No, it wasn't Hogwarts Legacy. Apparently, that's pretty good. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. Anyway doesn't matter wolverine game i'll give it a brokaw
1: awesome i'll give it a brokaw too. holden we have to move on we do we (laughs) We have have a lot way too much to talk (laughs) about so let's talk about the last of us
0: yeah let's do it the last of us episode four titled something
1: uh please hold my hand
0: okay Um, well, you're yes, if you ask nicely what you (laughs) did. Um, the so, so, like before, uh, spoilers for the series up to this point, uh, spoilers for the game up to this point, which is going to be harder because this episode is quite a bit different than the game and also doesn't fully go through the segment of the game that it's
1: it's like, let's hear,
0: yeah, so shorter episode. So we'll we'll try our best to not mention where where this part goes at least in the game yet. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, as you said, shorter episode, forty five minutes. It was nice because I was actually able to watch it on my lunch today. <laughs> if it had been like the one last week, I'd, I'm not sure I would have had it done in time for this podcast. Um, but. What do you think of this episode, Jimmy?
1: All right, old and gotta put back on the old Jimmy's the Last of Us game, you know, home homeboy hat. All right, <laughs> I just like it's a fine episode. It's just everything they did it, and the, the game is just does a better job. Is is kind of my thing. Um, that's where I'm at with it. like I don't think it's a bad episode. I'm just like I I would rather just play this part of the game than watch this episode, but. No, Here's the qualification for that. Um, they are kind of... If you watch the inside of the episode at the end of this, um, they talk about this new character. It's like Catherine or something. Kathleen. It's a lady. Kathleen. All right. This new lady that's kind of the head of this anti-Fedra, or Antifa, if you will. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> Anti-Fedra.
1: anti uh, Movement. And... Um, that's interesting because she, you like Neil Druckmann, says like that this group of these raiders in the game is just kind of this ambiguous kind of antagonist, mm-hmm. antagonistic force, which is true. Like it's more like the environmental storytelling of what this g- group as a whole did in Pittsburgh, which in this episode it takes place in Kansas City, um, and it works well in the game. You don't need that person. It might have added to it. Um, but, uh, I'm interested to see where that goes and the personification there. Cause you, I think you, I agree with them. You do need some sort of personification of this group and the fact that she's like this unassuming Midwestern lady, <laughs> you know, Yeah, it's I, kind I of was, an interesting juxtaposition.
0: Yeah. I, there were some complaints I was reading. Some people were like, well, she doesn't, she's like, not, she doesn't seem like she'd be a good leader or whatever, but Honestly, I think it's kind of a breath of fresh air because she seems more like someone that was like elected leader. Like she might just have like what it takes, and people realize that she's not like, like super ruthless, like a dictator or anything. At least that we've seen. I mean, she does kill the doctor, the guy, but um, uh, but I it's think
1: she, she's gonna be pretty evil. <laughs> I, I I think we'll see. I, I think my gripe with it is I would have liked to have seen her. A little of her backstory now just so to buy into the scenes she was in because i am like okay well what is it about this lady that these people respect her mm-hmm. because i don't think they really show it in the episode that people just do and it and she is like unassuming so if you compare it to you know bella ramsey's character in game of thrones little lady Mormont, she's like this 10 year old it's like okay why is a 10 year old like this powerhouse of presence and it's like immediately you understand (laughs) like (laughs) Mm -hmm. whereas this it's like okay well why is this unassuming midwestern lady a presence and sure she's intimidating when she shoots the like the helpless chained up doctor just shows that she's like doesn't have you know she's she's not afraid to get her hands dirty but it's not like oh wow that's i really want to follow her as a leader i'm sure we'll get that in the next episode I think it just, as a viewer, would have been nice having it now. Yeah. Um, But again, for me, this is like how, what I weigh this episode is really dependent on how good the next episode is.
0: That is true. It's basically a part one. Um, Yeah. Next, I mean, it it very clearly ends on a cliffhanger and uh, next episode, I mean, if you know anything about the game, I mean, it's much like the previous several episodes it's it's very the game is very segmented so this is just one segment of the game um so part two i assume will resolve it um but i mean honestly i i do think this is maybe the weakest episode so far but for me i still think it works really well um i really quite enjoyed almost everything here i mean i think i think i like the changes they made um I mean the lo- the location change from Pittsburgh to Kansas City is interesting. I'm not sure it really adds much, but I do. I know Kansas City, so whatever. <laughs> um, I <laughs> I've know Kansas, been to City Kansas City more City. than I know Pittsburgh. I
1: have not been to Pittsburgh, so I'll say yeah. that.
0: Um, so now we can be the ones that criticize the the layout of Kansas City. Like last week, everyone was criticizing the layout of Boston and everything. We can be I, the ones criticizing.
1: I, don't know the layout of Kansas City, so you'll okay.
0: have to be the expert there. <laughs> I didn't I mean to me it just was like, okay, yeah, it's a it's a city, whatever. <laughs> I don't think it was actually. It didn't look close enough to Kansas City. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I don't care about that part. Um I like the addition of the new character, um, Kathleen or whatever. Uh, she's played by Melanie Linsky, who I think is a really underrated actress. She was the star of Uh, what's what was the name of the movie it was like i oh i don't feel at home in this world anymore on netflix uh with elijah wood and that movie is awesome it's like done by i think the writer of like green room and blue ruin and stuff um that movie's i really liked that movie but nice um so we'll see i mean she she didn't get a ton to do here so i'm holding out for the next episode um but yeah i don't know i mean i don't i for me once again have haven't played the game in in a couple years at least i guess probably the last time was leading up to the second game coming out but i think the changes didn't bother me i think a lot of the things they do the same i still liked um i think they do enough different that it stands out for me yeah i i think it's very solid i don't think i necessarily prefer the game over this part really
1: um i i mean i prefer the game i one of the things i think i really like a lot better in the game is the way they come into the kind of this trap set by the raiders mm-hmm. um in the game the highways blocked off and like the only way through the city is you have to kind of go off this off ramp and immediately once you do this that's when this guy like comes out so it's like clearly a trap mm-hmm and I think that helps Joel realize it's a trap. Not that he wouldn't have realized it in this situation, but in this, it's like, oh, the thing is closed. We're going to just drive around it. And then we're just going to be randomly driving around Kansas City. And these people all just happen to come out and have this trap set here. Whereas, like, clearly they are funneling people into this exact specific location in the game. And with the uh, song and the, the way the song that they listen to in the car uh plays into that. I just think that's a really cool moment in the game that the song really adds to that, that kind of very melancholic uh country, I don't folk, I don't know what you would describe it. And um I just think that song's great in here. It's just you don't get that during that sequence. So I think that loses a little bit. Um the actual like little gunfight they have there was uh fine how they incorporated this In the game, Ellie—it's not during this sequence. It's a different sequence, but it's kind of played this plays out similarly. Mm -hmm. Where Joel is like being attacked lethally by someone, and Ellie shoots them. But in the game, she like kills them, and she kind of freaks out that she kills somebody, or she's like, "I just shot the heck out of that guy," and uh, and Joel gets upset with her, and I don't love how Joel gets upset with her in the game um but uh i liked how they played that out here i think that had (laughs) a little bit more nuance but uh it's interesting that she only injures him here so we'll see i do like how we finally got a little bit more of ellie's like lighter side i feel like we hadn't gotten a lot of that here if it was if she we heard her like humor stuff it was kind of darker where she's like pretending to be infected and all that i i just feel like um that was nice to get. And the jokes, it is literally the jokes from the game. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I would nice. know I just played it. <laughs> Even the joke book has the exact same design. The pages of the joke book are the exact same as the pages. So, insane. Um, yes. So, I enjoyed yeah. all that. I thought that added to their relationship nicely here.
0: Yeah, I, I will. S- oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think their relationship is the strongest part of this episode for me. Um, we get a lot more focus of, of them two and they, they kind of grow together and the end scene with them is, is really cute and everything. Um, but, yeah, I think they both are able to, I mean, since they're really the two the only two characters we have on screen for a lot of the episode, they're able to you know flex their acting chops a lot more, and they come into their roles even better than they were before. Um So yeah, i I think I think Pedro Pascal and Be- Bella Ramsey are both killing it. I think they're both great, and I'm really liking them.
1: Um, I like them both. I just don't like they're. I think they're both very solid performances. I just think the two performances in the game are. like exceptional exceptional like i mean cannot be replicated (laughs) like i i honestly like i just think they they were perfectly cast in the game and um so it's it just doesn't quite live up to it not that they're bad performances that they'll think bella and and pedro are are doing a really good job but just for for an episode like this where it's not where it's like the game um and not completely different, I I would just prefer to play the game. See, That's for me, right. I think
0: it's different enough that it doesn't really bother me. I think, like, the closest the, this has been to the game, this show has been to the game, is the second episode, um, which is where I, I had more gripes. I mean, I know you did too, but I, I had more gripes with, with how it compared to the game and everything. But I think this is different enough that the the I think the differences make it kind of stand apart for me like not necessarily worse but just different um and I'm just kind of liking how how this game is is or this movie is (laughs) this movie this game I can't say it this TV show is similar but different um in just so many ways obviously that was at its best at the third episode but I think it's still pretty solid here
1: I think um, so too I'm I, I, I we're not trying to say That I don't like this Or that I don't think it's good I just think that The the game does a lot of this Even better yeah. um, But again Like I said The second half of this kind of arc It could even be a part One of three here um, That's going to determine a lot So we'll see and uh, th- I feel see. like I will have a much better picture after next episode. It's, um, very, it's a very good show. I hope people th- are enjoying
0: it. There's uh, that Cordyceps nest or whatever that seems to be yeah, buried some way, whether or not I, I assume the, the um, Anti-Fedra buried them there, but we're, we're getting a bloater next episode looks like. Yep. So that'll be cool. Um, trying to think what else to say about the episode. Um,
1: uh, I just like the the whole sequence where Ellie pulls out the magazine and they play the tape in the car, and that is just a scene that is directly from the game. Yeah, shot for basically God, shot, for word shot word for word.
0: Yeah, that's I saw like the a game. comparison of it before I started, or we started the podcast. Um. Yeah, that's great. I like the I like them camping out in the woods. That was a fun little scene that I think is all new. Um her not liking coffee, thinking coffee is gross. I agree, Ellie. Coffee is gross, but the smell is del- is amazing. I don't really like the smell of coffee. You either. don't like
1: the smell of coffee?
0: I like the smell, not the taste. Fair enough. Um but yeah, all of that was good. Um I don't know. And then it ends with uh with Henry and the other one. What's his name? Uh Henry and Sam. Henry and Sam. Ends with them finding Joel and Ellie holding them at gunpoint. So yeah, we'll see how that plays out in the next episode. Obviously, we know how that goes out in the game. Um, but there's there's a bit more to it here. We have um, Kathleen, who seems to have some sort of vendetta against Henry. We don't know why. Um, I'm sure it'll be explained next episode, but it kind of adds some extra personal stakes to these new characters. Um, yeah, I don't know.
1: I think that's all we need to say about this one, Alden.
0: I think so, yeah.
1: All right. Next week, we'll have our review of episode five.
0: Which is Uh, coming out a few days early.
1: Yes, because there's Super Bowl stuff going on,
0: Holden. Yeah, so you'll be able to watch it as soon as Friday evening, I believe.
1: Awesome. Awesome, because we live in America, so we watch the Super Bowl, even if you don't want to. It's basically a national holiday.
0: If if it was on a weekday, we'd have the day off. (laughs) Yeah.
1: All right, Holden, uh, let's dive into All Quiet on the Western Front.
0: Just taking charge, choosing which movie we're doing next, Jimmy. Shh, Holden. <laughs> it's all quiet on the west. <laughs> okay,
1: this movie, Olden, uh, it's based on the book that mm-hmm. was written in Germany by. Let me pull it up here. All quiet on the Western Front by Eric Remark, Eric Maria Remark. I don't know, some German guy. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's.
0: But it's a a German uh, book that is, was ad, uh, adapted into a award-winning film in 1930. Yep, best picture, the classic. first best picture. No, I think second. there were a couple before it. Two, third, second or third, I'd say. Um, but yeah, one of the just a big movie back then, still considered a classic. Haven't seen it. I think disclaimer before this review is I have not read the book or watched the old movie. And I think it's the same with you. Have you read the book?
1: I had, I did read the book in college. I okay. do not remember a lot. I, okay. I do. I do think some of the scenes were from the book. Um, but I, I honestly
0: could not tell you. <laughs> uh, from what I understand, and once again, this is coming from someone who hasn't read the book, I think a lot of this is new, uh, which is kind of interesting for an adaptation, especially if that old one is a faithful adaptation. I think that's probably a you know a better way to go than just making something new with it. Um, but anyway, um, it's German language. This new one is a German language movie um, directed by Edward Berger, um, who... I need to double check. He had like, he made like the, a couple miniseries. I heard was, he made like Patrick Melrose starring Benedict Cumberbatch on HBO, which I think is a miniseries I heard was pretty good. And um, he, I think made, did he direct all of the first season of your honor with Brian Cranston? Anyway, looks like he he directed some TV that's well received, but this is kind of his first big movie. Over here, um, or at least that's kind of hit over here in America. Um, but we watched it because it's nominated for a, a bunch of Academy Awards. I think it's the second most nominated behind Everything Everywhere, All at Once. Um, so we're like, yeah, we gotta watch it. Um, Jimmy, what did you think of this movie?
1: I, um, I thought it was very good. Honestly, I, I thought uh, the cinematography was beautiful. <laughs> Um, I, having not seen the other, um, cinematography nominations, I don't think we went over the, uh, this one would be worthy, a worthy winner. I, I thought it was a beautiful yeah. film. Yeah. Um, I think I prefer this movie over 1917.
0: Uh, yeah. I, um, I can't, I can't really decide. I was thinking about that too. Um, I like this movie. I don't love it. Um, I think I just... I have some issues with, Um, I think, honestly, some of my issues with the movie are some issues I have with, like, some of the issues of, like, I have are with the themes of the movie. And honestly, they kind of parallel some, I was thinking about it, parallel some of my issues I have with the themes of The Last of Us Part 2, I think, Um, which we'll get to in spoilers. I don't think I can really talk about it too much right now. Okay. Um, but... Uh and then I think the movie for me, granted, maybe I just watched it at a bad time, I think it was it felt a little too long for me. I agree. Um I think the pacing is a bit off. Um it, it's the structure is a little interesting. It doesn't really feel like a like a structured th- like a three act structure, and I don't know exactly how I would describe it. Um, but it's it feels like there's there's more than three acts and there's just a lot going on and it kind of starts and stops a few different times. And even a couple of times it felt a little repetitive and maybe that's some part of the point of the movie. I don't know. Um, But aside from those two things, I liked almost everything else about it. I agree with you. The cinematography is, is great. It's a beautiful movie. Um, And that performances great. I'm, aside from daniel Bruhl, um who actually isn't in it that much i knew he was in it but i was kind of surprised how little he was in it but aside from him i was not familiar with any of the other actors in this but i thought they all did a good job what do you think of them
1: they were good yeah i i really enjoyed them uh, i did not know daniel Bruhl was in it so the moment
0: he came on i was like ah yes the one german actor i know <laughs> 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 he was good but like like i said he's not actually in it that much and he's actually playing a real person um looking at the cast list i think like his his part of the story is like almost is like at least based on a true story um because it's okay. kind of he he focuses on more of the armistice talks and all of that um yeah Ma- matthias erzberger I think he was one of the main guys kind of behind those talks. So yeah, I think a lot of that part was true, which is interesting. And I don't think that was at all in the book either. Do you remember that part from the book? I I don't remember that part. I, (laughs) I remember Paul and
1: I remembered cat and I just remember the, the theme of like the, the, my takeaway from the book was the theme of, Oh my gosh, why are we even fighting this war? Like we're just here trying to survive at this point. Like mm-hmm. we don't even know why we're fighting. And also like the higher ups are commanding us and we're just like pawns in this thing that doesn't even matter. And these yeah. people get to live like their lives of, they're in comfort and eating a lot. And meanwhile, we're here just in the trenches and just the most miserable place ever. <laughs> Just and I for think, years while this war rages on and nothing is being accomplished and people are just dying for no reason.
0: And, you know, if that's a main focus of the book, I think this, the way this movie um, portrays that is interesting. Because, I mean, that is basically the purpose of the, the armistice talk scenes and the one general guy up in his, like, literal high tower and everything. Um, there he's they're basically all there to just I mean they they constantly juxtapose shots of them like talking like politely with like just war like brutal war happening and everything um so I think that's good honestly I think the the one that worked best for me and this happens later in the movie but it's very minor so I, it's not even really a, a plot detail it's there's like a shot where like they're eating like literal gruel or whatever. It's just like looks disgusting, and then it just immediately goes to like the 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 French guys eating those rolls or whatever on the train. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, okay, that that works pretty well. Um, just an, yeah, so I I liked that aspect of it quite a bit, but um, really the the war scenes in general or especially the the big one that happens in the middle quite thrilling yeah very Um, good very impressively shot um it's i mean there's a lot of long takes obviously there's a lot of cg in here it's it's not it's not a movie that has a ton of practical stuff when it comes to like i don't i don't think the tanks are real are the tanks real
1: I don't know. I didn't even think about any CG as I was watching this. Honestly, I was, like, I guess I was just immersed.
0: Well, yeah, and that's, I was, I was getting to that. I think like whatever CG there is, it, it blends in super well. And I, I don't think it's all practical. I don't think it's all CG. I think a lot of the I don't trenches, even think
1: it's all quiet on the Western front.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's very loud. Actually. Um, misleading title. Um, but no i I think it all blends together really quite well. I think like the trenches, if nothing else are are mostly all all sets and everything, and that uh, that all looks pretty incredible. It feels very authentic, feels very gross, dirty, um just depressing <laughs>
1: like, like honestly, it has to be one of the worst like lives to ever live, yeah <laughs> World War one soldier is up there <laughs> like yeah and it, it, it's, yeah
0: it is cool kind of getting uh these like this and even 1917 to an extent recently because i mean i feel like it's i mean with i mean it's really easy to focus on like world war Two and everything and i'm not trying it's apples and oranges really but like soldiers lives in world war Two versus world war One. like you had the trenches in world war One and everything it's just so the gas like, trench foot and everything mustard gas it's just yeah it it's i mean getting these movies is kind of just a you know eye opening experience i guess to an extent yeah um I don't like the score for this
1: movie, yeah i mean there's I, the- <laughs> I, I I don't like it i mean I don't think it's necessarily bad, I just don't like it i it was it just completely took me out of the movie whenever it made itself known.
0: I think I have to agree, actually. And there's really not much of it. Um, I was kind of flipping through the movie before we started here to try to just refresh my memory on a lot of it. And I was, and I was thinking about that too. I was like, okay, I want to like actually pay attention for when the score kicks in and everything it doesn't happen often. But yeah, when it does, it's just like loud, like bass boosted, like synthesizers.
1: Brow. It's just yeah. so out of place. And then there's like drums. It's like. <laughs> like snare drum but like not like a military snare drum Mm -hmm. it just is it's just it feels just like pretentious for the sake of being ultra pretentious and i just don't think it it didn't it for me it did not work at all like on on a personal level so if this beats justin Hurwitz score for (laughs) the academy award i would be upset is
0: this nominated for best score yes oh my god yeah, no that that would be the worst <laughs> if that if this won that.
1: I I just think it's I think it's bad. I'm trying to remember if Gallipoli, the who made that movie? Gosh, it's what? a World War One movie, Believe and I want to say that score is completely out of place too. Where it's like
0: just synthesizer junk. And, and I remember ni- so 1917, and not the this doesn't need to be constantly compared to that because i mean i think they fulfill different roles too even though they're both world war one movies but i remember like not liking the score to that one like a ton there were a few points where i felt like it it, if i recall correctly it got kind of like manipulative and how like you know they play like these big grandiose generic string you know parts when it's supposed to get emotional and everything but I mean, from what I remember, it worked a lot better than that. It didn't feel like out of place too much. Like it, it wasn't like synthesizer booming, you know, all of that. So, probably the one place where that definitely has a leg up in my book.
1: Um, yeah, but visually, I think it's good. Uh, the themes at first hit home. I think. I mean, if you're comparing it to the last most part 2, it did kind of hammered on the head uh, throughout (laughs) and like i don't i think you could have made this movie at least 20 minutes shorter if not 30 minutes shorter and still felt the same impact Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of standout sequences i think yeah and uh, and for a movie that's pretty slow moving it it doesn't feel slow until i would say that last 45 minutes or so i mean the first hour and a half i think kind of is really engaging
0: yeah it's it there's just kind of like little chunks in there for me that that and especially as you said the last 40 minutes there's quite a bit in there that feels like it could have been cut out um but yeah i yeah i don't know i
1: (laughs) i it feels like they were contradicting themes too because there's one scene where it seems like paul the main character has this moment of growth and then the end of the movie just seems to completely ignore that in favor for a a different theme
0: yeah i i want to get in i think i think the final sequence honestly is one of my bigger especially when i talk about the themes later i think that'll feed into that um yeah don't super i i like where the movie ends but i don't like the 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 kind of final sequence before that i don't dig too much i don't think
1: no i I don't think you need it i think the theme has already hit home without being just like so on the nose Mm -hmm. at the end um but uh yeah i think that's what i got to say i think we should dive into spoilers i agree
0: yeah let's get into spoilers (laughs)
1: All right, Holden. We're in spoilers, but you can give your rating real quick before we dive into real spoilers.
0: Okay, yeah. Um, forgot to give my rating. I will give this. I think a seven and a half. I'm I'm somewhere between seven and a half and an eight. I think I'll stick with a seven and a half for right now.
1: All right. You don't want to get in the the 0.75s out there.
0: Yeah. No. I'm <laughs> not, not getting that. I think that I'm gonna go deep. with the
1: seven and uh, twenty three thirty seconds. On this yeah. One. <laughs> <laughs> um I you know if this one's best picture I won't be offended. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a very good movie. Um I j- remembering from the book, I think the scene where they steal the goose is like I I was like I like before I watched the movie, I was like okay, what I think they go like steal something from a house and I feel like they're at this medic mm-hmm. for a while and and then as soon as they introduced cat i'm like i'm pretty sure cat dies Mm -hmm. and he's like the one other character i remember i'm pretty sure paul dies (laughs) at the end (laughs) and that stuff happened and i remember the officers being like uh just kind of being a living luxury while they didn't And i'm like that's about all i remember i i wanted to say they were like and maybe this was just me learning other things in that college course, but like the, I wanted to say that they re- like heard people in the other trenches <laughs> and that was a scene in the book, but maybe I am just completely making that up based on other things I learned in that class. For some reason, I also wanted to say that he like goes home at part of the book and then goes back. But I, I, again, I read this book in college, like my <laughs> freshman year of college and I, I, don't I do not remember it
0: (laughs) yeah um yeah I uh, so you brought you brought up cat just kind of jumping into it um I really like cat um cat was a fun character I had a really hard time telling a lot of these guys apart I will agree with
1: that like (laughs) I was like who is that was the one thing I was like who is who are the other people other than cat
0: Yeah, I'm like, okay, so his friends that come with him, there's the one guy with glasses. I'm like, okay, I can tell who he is because he has glasses. And then he's the first one that dies. I'm like, well, that's great. Glad that happens. Yeah. Um, His other two friends were like, I, I could not, I still don't think I know their name. Like, I know, I don't think I know which one is which. And I don't think I know which one does what in the movie. Like, they just, I don't know which, like, I can't tell them apart at any given There's the
1: one that wants to be the oh, what was it? What'd they call it? He wants to be some person, some title. And then the other one was the guy who like was the ladies man.
0: Yeah, the ladies man one I remember. Um the other one that wasn't the ladies man one I thought looked like Andrew Garfield.
1: I did too. I was like, "What the heck? Am I watching uh, Hacksaw Ridge? What's yeah. going on here?" <laughs> I thought, like, it's it's German Andrew Golf or Andrew Garfield." I that um, was the
0: thing. and we don't the one friend. I think it's the Andrew Garfield friend. We never find out what happens to him. I don't think because he gets kind of like pulled away. Um, kind of in the in the in in the middle like big battle sequence he gets kind of like shuffled away with a bunch of other people paul has to kind of go on his own um and then we just never see him again which is interesting i think i mean just heavily implies that he died on the battlefield but we don't actually see it
1: so i'm just i'm looking back through the i'm on the wikipedia page for the book and he does go back home so i didn't make that up and i do remember it like He, like, doesn't feel like he belongs anymore. Like, it's like he cannot go back to his life, which is a theme that they do touch upon in the movie. Like, how do we go back to our lives after this? Yeah. I was getting, like, shell-shocked
0: just watching the
1: movie. (laughs) I was (laughs) like, are like, actual people going to go home after this.
0: (laughs) Yeah. um, I think I'll get into my problem with the theme, uh, with one of the big themes in this movie, and that's... um, I think anti-war movies have are, walk, have to walk a very very thin line um between like being totally miserable or like you don't want your movie to be totally miserable. You want it to be be interesting and everything. But like I'm worried this movie falls too far on the side of being like Wow, look at this big battle. Like it's really exciting and it I, it doesn't glorify the battle or anything. Like it is gruesome, but I feel like almost by making this battle like huge and exciting, it kind of deflects some of the point in, for me. Okay. I don't know. That's 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 maybe a personal thing. And I think that connects that's similar to The Last of Us Part 2 and how that deals with like violence and stuff. And how that game is like, oh, it's like you get to do, like, all these cool things to kill people. <laughs> but then, like, a lot of the game is all about, like, is, the you know, vengeance and, and violence and how that can be kind of a you know bad thing and all of that. Um, so I think that's, a, that is, like, a big thing that keeps me from loving this movie because I kept, like, thinking about that. I'm, like, I'm supposed to, like, I'm, like, watching these action, like, these war scenes and I'm, like... You know, it's gruesome, but it's also very exciting. And I'm like, and then I catch myself. I'm like, I'm supposed to be thinking this like this is like the just the worst thing ever right now. Yeah. And I kind of I I felt that way more outside of the battles, like when they were just in the trenches. But like in the battles themselves, of which it takes up a sizable chunk of the movie. I just felt like that was kind of lost. But
1: I agree. I think it impacts more when they're not actually in the battles. Yeah. Um. I think this is interesting. So the the author of the book wrote in the, the foreword, which I do remember like this quote, but he says, this book is to be neither an accusation nor confession and least of all an adventure for death is not an adventure to those mm-hmm. who stand face to face with it. It will simply try to tell of a generation uh, of men who even though they may have escaped, its shells were destroyed by the war, which I do think this movie highlights. Like, like these people cannot... <laughs> live normal lives ever again yeah. and death was almost like merciful
0: although some you brought now that you bring up the him going home thing i kind of wish they had that in here and i know i we talked about how the movie is too long already but i feel like there's other stuff you could take out and replace it with that because i feel like that would just hammer home that theme um and, and kind it, of-
1: it's kind of like uh in the, the when shawshank the one prisoner is set free and he just like does not know how to exist yeah
0: good yeah good comparison um but again
1: yeah no i think this movie does a lot of things well i just think the the last part where you have the general just like f it we're gonna freaking fight even though it's like we're gonna like tomorrow the war's over because i just i'm a failure
0: (laughs) yeah i the general character in in general (laughs) uh just didn't he felt so, like, separated from the rest of the movie pretty much the entire... Like, he wasn't in it a ton, but whenever he was, it was just him and, like, his assistant. And they didn't have a ton... To, it was just him, like, complaining about the armistice talks. Um, and he wasn't... Didn't have a ton to do there. It just felt unnecessary. Like, I feel like you could have gotten to the point you wanted to without needing this, like, weird, stupid... Last hurrah or whatever. Yeah.
1: Um, oh. First off, that guy reminded me of Doctor Robotnik with his mustache. Yes. No, and, you're right. Being bald. I was like, <laughs> Jimmy I and I are on not... the
0: same wavelength with the people in this movie. <laughs>
1: I'm like, I cannot disassociate these things. <laughs> the mustache and the baldness. I mean, they really. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I will say, so there's the scene where Paul stabs the guy in the bunker, and he's like, "Oh my gosh." this guy is a person he tries to like heal him and then he finds out that he had a white child and they're like oh my gosh this is horrible like these these french men are are people too Mm -hmm. and then at the end of the movie he's just like ah whatever i'll just go off to battle again yeah i I mean i get it's like i guess he doesn't have a choice because they are just shooting everybody else but i don't know i i just feel like okay that was that felt disconnected from i feel like that didn't actually impact him beyond that scene
0: yeah yeah you're right and i i think that ending sequence also goes into what i was saying before where it like the movie's supposed to make us like think war is terrible and like every all of this like especially that end scene i think it could have you know quite the the powerful thing of like i mean sure it hammers the message home maybe a little bit too much but you know like how the bigwigs literally don't care about the soldiers at all and everything, but instead, it's kind of all overshadowed by like Paul just like John Wicking, like several people. <laughs> like yeah. it, it felt like he was suddenly just like way better at fighting, and he was just like blasting people like uh, on in No Man's Land, and then he fight he kills a couple people in the actual trench and everything before getting killed himself. And it was just it felt so unnecessary and like counter to what the movie was prior trying to tell us. Yeah.
1: That those tanks were freaky, man. Oh like, yeah. that was scary. And just the flamethrowers and I mean that was horrifying. Mm-hmm. Incredibly well done.
0: Yeah, that stuff was great. I I mean the tanks, the the way they built that up, um and yeah, those were cool. Um but, oh, we didn't mention uh, the the bit where they, they find all of those soldiers just dead. Oh, yeah,
1: from the gas.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it, it's stuff like that, I think, really works to the movie's benefits of its themes. Um, just how terrible everything can be and um, how pointless everything is in war.
1: I mean, honestly, but, just the trenches and just how dirty everything oh, was yes. and just the it's gross. Just the puddles and trench foot they should have showed trench foot that would have been effective oh god <laughs> yeah that would have really just <laughs> terrible oof no uh, uh, also this movie did the thing where people just die right away when they're shot mm-hmm. which is like that. that's not what happens like and, and then sometimes like but then you stab a guy in the heart like eight times and he's not dead so I'm like what oh okay
0: yeah they, I, f- I felt like people were either way too vulnerable or not vulnerable enough. They never strike, stri- 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 strike, struck, striked, struck, struck. I can't, God, <laughs> I'm just, I'm so tired today, but, uh, they never struck like a right balance for me. Cause I mean, some characters were just like insanely lucky constantly. And some characters, yeah, they would just, you know, Get blasted immediately, die. Some of them would take forever. It's it's yeah, very inconsistent, and it really did just come down to how important of a character they were too.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, just like imagine those running those trenches. I I just like cannot fathom running out and just those machine guns just mowing people down. And oh, even yeah. if you make it to the other trench, you just people are just impaling each other with bayonets, like. And then you're in the trench. Like, there's nowhere to take cover. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, my gosh. And then they they come in with the flamethrowers and just torch everyone and the tank. I just like, oh, God.
0: I mean, it's insane because they, I mean, they managed to get over and almost take the French trench over there. uh, But then they immediately get kicked out. And it's just, I mean, that whole sequence, I mean, it's long and everything. But, I mean it's ultimately just a completely pointless exercise yeah i mean just, like
1: yeah and then i mean just the whole it's a microcosm for the entire battle on the western western front itself because it's like the the front never moved over yeah. three years it's like oh my gosh yeah uh, yeah world war one is like when i think of world war I, I just get so angry like there was no reason for it to actually even happen Mm -hmm. It just was a total just people in power just deciding they were going to fight for nationalistic reasons and just and the millions of people who died because of that Mm -hmm. just makes me upset. I just get so angry thinking about it. Um, I just cannot imagine, cannot fathom. So in that regard, I think it's effective. I think it's a little long Uh, if it wins best picture. I won't be offended. Anything else to say about this movie? I also like the scene where they take cover in covering the bunker and it collapses and all that. And that one guy gets just blown to oh, yeah. And they're like, I want to go home.
0: And one guy <laughs> gets crushed by a tank.
1: Oh, my gosh. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean... Just I, when I, the I, tanks are going over the, the trench and the guy is just screaming. Yeah. It's just like, oh, my goodness.
0: <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean I've I've mentioned this movie before, but I I think uh, and maybe this is an unfair comparison, but uh, if you want a really good anti-war movie, watch Come and See. Um, is this
1: the uh Russian one?
0: Yeah, Belarusian. Um Yeah, it's that one's really I think that probably is the best example of a of a like war movie I've seen strike a good balance between just horrific and not over glorifying stuff mm-hmm. um something i don't think this movie does quite as well granted like i said might be an unfair comparison because a lot of people consider it come and see like one of the best movies ever made so I, I whatever but if you like this movie maybe you'll like that movie both say war is bad so you know war is bad war is good holden oh okay <laughs> is oh, that so what you I've took been, away from this i've me? been
1: watching a lot of nazi propaganda films
0: oh okay okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay uh, that's not true I don't like Nazis so I will go on the record
0: there I am anti-Nazi it's like that clip from Scooby Doo 2 I think Coolsville sucks <laughs>
1: that's not what I said <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah good times James that guy who wrote that is now in charge of DC So crazy <laughs> what times we live in alright hold on we better review our other movie this week we better yeah What? Oh, what's that I hear Uh uh-oh, then someone is knocking knocking at the door, you might say. No, not M. Night Shyamalan. He says, oh, there's a knock at the cabin.
0: Oh, indeed. (laughs) All right, Jimmy, uh, Knock at the Cabin, M. Night Shyamalan's newest film, of course, Anyone who's, you know, into movies probably aware of who M. Night Shyamalan is. The Shamalama Ding dong. Th- the, the famous director of hit films like The Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, Split, The Last Airbender. <laughs> Signs. <laughs> he's he's a very infamous director. I mean, for those of you who are unaware, because he's he's made a lot of he's made, I guess I should say some good movies. <laughs> And a lot of big swings and big misses. So, um, yeah, um, this is the newest one. It's based on a book by Paul Tremblay called The Cabin at the End of the World. Um, Stars Dave Bautista, Jonathan Groff, Ben Aldridge, among others. Uh, Just brief synopsis, a family of three are vacationing at a remote cabin, but they are suddenly held hostage by four strangers who demand they sacrifice one of their own to avert the apocalypse.
1: Now, just think about how you think that would play out. And that's how it does. (laughs) 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 So, um, look, I think the strengths of this movie is the performances. Mm -hmm. And I think that's about it. I yeah think, i think this movie I think is the rest of the movie is pretty bad
0: <laughs> <laughs> this movie is either pretty bad or just very mediocre um and i think not
1: overall m- it's at mediocre
0: yeah yeah um it's it's weird because i feel like I, I I'm going to compare this movie to old. I think I a would lot. Yeah,
1: I'm going to say old is more entertaining.
0: Yes. Whether or not old is actually better. It probably isn't better. I think old is just a huge swing. Like it just <laughs> yeah. goes completely all in on its premise. One of the things I remember, you know, uh, praising that movie for was just committing to the bit and basically using its entire premise to its fullest potential it has a crazy twist in it. That doesn't make any sense. But it's it, it was a thoroughly entertaining movie at the very least. And this movie is, like, the exact opposite, I feel, of how you think a, Sh- a Shyamalan movie would go. Um, maybe that's the twist, Jimmy, is that it's really boring. <laughs>
1: it's like they're trying to, like, oh, make your choice. Otherwise, this will happen. But there's, like, it's there's an hour and a half of the movie left. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they're... They're not going to make the choice. Oh, well, make this choice. Otherwise, this is going to happen. Well, there's 45 minutes of the movie left, so they're they're not going to do the thing that's going to end the
0: movie. Yeah, I feel like this movie, I mean, I don't know what you would have done, but I feel like this movie needed more of a beginning, right? Like, I think this movie just, like, starts And it's, like, immediately right into the conflict, basically. Like, there's no setup. And we kind of... I mean, there's flashbacks throughout, which I think are kind of messily done. Like, in terms of just storytelling and everything. But that kind of gives you more of a backstory for our main characters. But I feel like we could have used at least some of that at the beginning of the movie. Don't get me wrong. I like nonlinear storytelling. But I think here it just... It feels so weird that, like, immediately... Like, you basically... Like, what you see in the trailer, like, of this, the shot of Dave Batista approaching the girl's name. I can't remember the girl's name. Um, when? when? When, yeah. Like, uh, Dave Batista approaching when. That's, like, the very beginning of the movie. That's how the movie opens. And then, from then on, I mean, it, it almost immediately goes into them breaking into the cabin and everything. And it's just... It, it gets going right away, which... Uh, you know, can be cool, but then it's just, it's stop. it just kind of stagnates for the majority of the movie. Because as you said, we know that they're not going to sacrifice anyone right away. Like, the it's plot, so obvious. I mean,
1: the plot literally plays out exactly how you would think the plot would play out. Yes. And but, this, the way the plot is set up, you need to have some sort of unexpected turn in the second act, and it doesn't happen
0: yeah it's it, it's bizarre because I mean I'm I mean, on one hand, if M night Shyamalan is wanting to move away from the twist stigma, I good for him I, I think while it is a fun stigma for the audiences to just go in expecting a weird twist, I don't think he should be necessarily held to that at the same time though, I think this is definitely a movie that needed it. <laughs> and from what I understand I, I haven't read the plot of the book. I think the plot the book does have a twist it does Um, from what I was seeing I don't know exactly what happens in the book so I can't speak to how good of a twist it is I've heard mixed things about the book but I mean I think that's just needed here because instead it's replaced by this story that I mean if you're surprised by it great good for you but I feel like most people are going to go into this knowing guessing what's going to happen get exactly what they expect which is what happened for us. And I kept waiting for that point where something different would happen. Something, you know, wouldn't go exactly how we were predicting, but it just doesn't happen. Never comes.
1: This movie also does not make any sense. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> if you try to logic, it just does not make sense.
0: Yeah. No, it's. I don't think everything in a movie needs to be explained, but I think. I think this movie goes too far in the opposite direction of just of a lot of things going unexplained that we we need at least a little bit more I think. Um it, I don't know. It's I don't know. I'm I'm trying to think of a good way of of like a good example without spoiling but maybe I can't.
1: I don't know. Like I enjoyed M Night Shyamalan's cameo that he always does. That was yeah. Fun. That
0: that got the most emotion out of me the entire movie because it was a nice chuckle. The rest of it, I was just like flat faced the whole time.
1: <laughs> I think the performances are good, uh, including when the the little girl. I enjoyed <laughs> Dave Bautista, Jonathan yeah. Groff. Um, I, it's just the cinematography is <laughs> offensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is it thinks it's really good but it is just like oh my gosh this is so jarring and in my opinion lacking taste yeah like, it's uh, I
0: mean, it's basically just a bunch of close ups which oh, I
1: so many close ups especially when Dave Bautista is talking to Wen at the beginning of the movie I'm like why is why <laughs> is this a
0: 4 minute conversation of extreme close ups yeah and i you know on one hand i think what he i could be wrong i think what he's going for for a lot of it is just to increase the claustrophobia you know i mean there it's essentially most of the movies set at uh, one location Cabin fever
1: what cabin fever
0: yeah yeah um but like the cabin is like very big I don't know. It, it felt I don't think like, that's
1: it. I think it's just like, oh, this is supposed to be like they trusting each other. I don't know. Like don't, you have the shot in the the trailer where like Dave Bautista swings that weapon and it like follows it. There's just stuff like that where it's just that this looks terrible.
0: Well, and like it's just like swinging for the fences for a lot of it. And it just doesn't work. I, I Another comparison I want to make. I remember for old reviewing that and saying the cinematography for that movie was insane. (laughs) Like there was a lot of, I, I, that was another case of him just throwing a bunch of stuff at the wall and only like half of it stuck. He was trying so many different things with the camera in that movie, but it was at least interesting. It was varied. I think it, it, it just fit the messiness of that movie, the positive and the negative aspects of the cinematography. Um, but here it's just like it swings, but it's it mostly misses and it's mostly boring. It's not varied very much. Like it it it's yeah, I don't know. It's just like not it's it's similar but different, I guess. Cause in this case I just don't think his his swings work.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm yawning. It just wasn't very fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Um so wasn't entertaining like his other movies and it wasn't i didn't it didn't really elicit any emotions from me either no so in that way it just didn't work so who's this movie for i would say if you just absolutely loved m night Shyamalan then you'd see it otherwise just
0: go to go to Puss in Boots like <laughs> like uh, seriously like <laughs> go to I, like go to almost any other movie i'd say personally i mean like i like you got Puss in Boots I'd even recommend I mean maybe not for general audiences like Infinity Pool was at least interesting no
1: no absolutely not I would not recommend Infinity Pool I I just don't see that many people liking Infinity Pool if they see it
0: okay but for me it's like that's more interesting that has like that's like at least a unique movie I think it's
1: more interesting, but I don't. I think fewer people would walk out of Infinity Pool saying I enjoyed that than this. I think enough people would be like, "Oh, that was okay." Where I think maybe so. Leave I mean, people, people do seem be to be like, enjoying. That was
0: horrible. People seem to be enjoying this movie overall. It seems. Um, go see Puss in not, Boots. Go see
1: not not as not nearly as many psychedelic orgies <laughs> as Infinity Pool.
0: Go see Megan. I would rather see Megan instead of this yeah uh, go see probably missing i'd probably missing oh, yeah. is probably better than this haven't seen it yet but i'm just guessing i would go assume see so people go like see it. avatar again i don't know like i just i on one hand i'm like i, I like go support m night because he's always trying weird things but i just i just don't think this movie really works in most ways doesn't I'm getting more negative on this movie. Doesn't it have I like a bad, it. pretty bad cinema score too? Does it? Do people? Do the audience not like it? I mean, I remember the critics were like fairly positive on it. Let me look. Knock Let me look at, at, the at what the cabin. Rotten Tomatoes user score is.
1: Cinema score is C. That's not good. Oh yeah.
0: Cinema score that's is always l- like honestly an
1: a. low. That's honestly lower than I thought it would be. Like if you don't give a B cinema score. <laughs> I, that's bad it, it is yeah knock what's it, infinity yeah. pool infinity pool cinema score C minus so yeah sounds about right
0: knock at the uh rotten tomatoes it has a 64 user score so yeah.
1: I don't know It's an F
0: Holden it is well, meanwhile no,
1: that's a D. puss in boots the last w- 64% an F where I come from what?
0: No, for me if it's like below 60, it's an F. Um.
1: But uh Puss in Boots has an A. Freaking 80, 80 for Brady has an A minus. <laughs>
0: so <laughs> maybe you go see eighty for Brady instead of this. Um Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's boring. There's nothing at all interesting about it. I don't think I, I don't think the movie like what is the movie trying to say? Um,
1: uh, love, love is the most pure thing on earth. Yeah, right? I don't
0: love maybe sacrifice. It's, I don't. If that's the, I mean, whatever. It's just there's nothing more very powerful generic. than
1: love, Holden. Yeah. It,
0: not that a movie necessarily needs to say anything more, but I'm just like, trying to scrape around for things to like people, like why people would like this movie. Um, yeah, whatever. I don't mean, really like it. I think my score for this is gonna be four and a half. All right, and I think that's being kind of generous, honestly, for how much I l- liked it.
1: All right, well, let's go
0: into spoilers. Yes. knock at the cabin full spoilers for this movie not that there's anything to spoil really at all okay <laughs> the only the only thing there is to spoil maybe two things one's very minor the one thing is that uh ron weasley uh beat up ben aldridge uh ben aldridge's character at a bar several years ago. But it's
1: okay holding cuz he's one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Yeah, and that's the other thing. And that's what, so he's has he just been the four one of the four horsemen forever or does he assume that mantle? I, I don't know. I assume it's like why is he so homophobic? Yeah. <laughs> is that I don't well okay. So I, being I, a horseman of the apocalypse.
0: First of all, it's weird to me that it just so happens that the guy who beat up ben aldridge's character at a bar is one of the four horsemen yeah,
1: in a completely different state yes it's who like you don't that, even really see and he's like oh that was definitely him
0: and they they make clear that like them being like the uh, him and jonathan groff and wen i can't remember the parents names but those three um in the cabin it was like almost completely random like they didn't yeah. know who was going to be there it was just you know going to be this family that loves each other or whatever and that that was what they were going to deal with um but so it's it's just a huge coincidence and it, it kind of is it goes past my suspension of disbelief a bit <laughs> like that, and there's so many people how is it that it's just this one person that happens to be this person
1: how about a tidal wave just being live streamed to a news station somehow yeah like how did that footage get to a news station i don't know i mean i guess
0: yeah it was weird um tidal wave looked kind of bad too
1: how does a pandemic just start killing a whole bunch of people out of nowhere
0: yeah and that's where a lot of the i mean and then just stop (laughs) (laughs) okay yeah and granted so at least at the the first couple instances you have like that that's where some of the disbelief in the care in the, our main characters come in because they're like oh well you know the earth that first earthquake happened hours ago or whatever you could have known about that or and then i think jonathan groff is a doctor i don't know i don't know i think jonathan groff is the one that says that he knew about like the outbreak or whatever uh, prior to this No, that was the Um, other one, I think. It might have been the other one. One of them said it. Anyway, um, and so that makes a little bit more sense, you know. Like, it kind of makes it a little bit more iffy, even if I'm still completely sure it's going to turn out to be, like, a real apocalypse. You know, at least there's that. But then, yeah, like, as you said, at the end where just suddenly the disease is gone and they have, like, a full news report about it, like, immediately. (laughs) (laughs) it's just all of this stuff, it's so so dumb really yeah Yeah. um you know i i while i think the movie is predictable there's there is the possibility that like the trailer ruins some of it i think especially the fact that in the trailer you see the bit where like they look up in the sky and they see the plane falling yeah, like, like then it's like, well, if you've seen that part in the trailer, you're like, well, when it gets to that point in the movie, you're like, well, I know it's real because they go outside and see that happen. Yeah. <laughs> so it, hard to say because we saw the trailer. It's hard to say how much that did affect us, you know, actually knowing what was going on. But I feel like outside of that, it's pretty predictable also. Like it just
1: or it's just not that interesting.
0: Yeah, that that too.
1: It, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it's like the theme. Love is is good.
0: <laughs> Everybody well, in the world dying, weird. not good. Um, I mean, I think, I think the one thing I, I, I mean, as you said, the performances are the best part. But I just like how. I think Dave Bautista especially, he's just like he's like so genuine this whole movie. And he's like he's he like clearly understands the situation he's putting these people in and he's he like, knows how he sounds and everything.
1: Oh, this really sucks. Sorry, we gotta do this too. Yeah.
0: It's like but he's like he's so driven by these visions that he's so convinced are real. That he's like even even though he understands the pain he's putting them through he's like he can't go back on it and he's like he's this big guy but even like later on when they like almost, they like try to shoot him and stuff like he doesn't f- physically retaliate aside from just like defending himself he doesn't like do anything too harmful to them yeah he like takes the gun back from from Ben and everything and so I I I like that I I think just in general the the i guess I'll call them the four horsemen i think their performances in that aspect of it i really quite liked um but yeah ron ron weasley really isn't in the movie too much he gets killed <laughs> no, he's
1: not <laughs> you're like right a yeah i was like well that, there
0: goes that um yeah um i felt like they had these weapons, and they kept making a big deal about the weapons, but they were like, they they didn't need to be like weird weapons, right? Like we didn't.
1: I don't know. I I I'm not brushed up on my Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse lore.
0: Yeah, I don't even I mean,
1: though I did read all forty Left Behind kids books. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even um, remember if that is a, a biblical thing or not.
0: Yeah, I, well, the Four Horsemen, I I. I don't know how much their weapons play into it. Maybe I'm just stupid. But um it, it just felt it, it well, it just felt weird that their weapons were like such an integral part to like their character and like the larger context of the story, but we don't really see them get used. Like all of the kills are basically off screen, which is fine but then it also makes me wonder why they had the weird weapons and why it wasn't why they didn't just use like an axe or something like I don't know maybe it's me missing the point of the movie but if you have weird weapons like that I feel like we should see them get used
1: <laughs> yeah I I honestly don't have that much to say about this movie anymore I just I enjoyed M. Night selling whatever he was selling I can't remember
0: and yeah, some, I think some cooking appliance of some sort. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was about the peak joy. It was.
1: <laughs> there I, was a lot of just M. Night Shyamalan dialogue in this too.
0: Yeah, which is to say not very good, but at the same time, in a lot of his movies, his dialogue is not very good, but at least funny or interesting and here it was just not (laughs) it was just (laughs) not very well written and very on the nose and just bland stuff um i did want to mention before we move on this movie has like such a distinct formula to it because it's it feel it especially as you said once they get into the house and once the movie gets going and you know you know that they're not going to sacrifice anyone um it's just like them being like, it's like one of the people mentioning how he has a life outside of, you know, one of the horsemen saying they saying they have a life outside of this, and then the family decides no, the guy gets killed, and the Dave Batiste is like, let's watch what's on T V, and, and it's then, just like flashback, yeah, and then flashback, and it's just that for like the entire three middle times. chunk of the movie,
1: <laughs> yeah, or three or four <laughs> times, and then the movie ends
0: exactly. When they're um,
1: like, oh well jonathan groff is gonna die wow didn't see that coming
0: yeah even the even the even between the two of them the one they choose is predictable
1: like i think it would have been more interesting if jonathan groff was the one to live
0: yeah like that would have been something it but like like ben aldridge is so like e- like blatantly shown to basically be the main character and like obviously they're not going to kill the kid <laughs> like <laughs> would not expect that would them have been to. a good twist ending yeah, I guess <laughs> it would have made it more interesting, even if it would have been dumb. Um, but yeah, just obviously they're going to pick Jonathan Groff like he's going to I mean, especially when he gets the concussion and he's like kind of easily more manipulated. He's going to be the one that's like, oh, like, let take me like, let me go. Let me let die so you can live and all that. And, yeah, because just
1: family is perfect and love is perfect perfect even though it's imperfect because love is good and, and the end of the world is bad and people dying is bad <laughs> Dave Batista, he's a nice guy man man <laughs> just this really sucks for you guys wish the world was an ending you know
0: yeah I'm glad, glad Dave Batista got this role glad he's looking to do more weird different things because um, he is very talented so good for him
1: alright I wanna edit this and go to bed, Oldman, so yeah. <laughs> I think we should move on to our last segment. I agree. Let's do it. Alright, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing?
0: No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? Alright, Jimmy. Uh well this week. Um, outside of the movies we watched for this um i didn't watch a ton i was i've been watching a lot more of that on cinema at the cinema thing i mentioned a couple weeks ago and i actually did get to the feature film aspect of this adult swim series the movie is called mr america i think it can technically i think it can be watched without the wider context of the series but it definitely works a lot better um in context of this series um i think and I, this is going to sound really dumb since I still have not made the half-life video. But if I do get into making videos soon, I want to make an on cinema video. Cause this is insane. <laughs> All right, and I well, think people need yeah, there to we go put it on the map. Hold on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> more people need to be watching it. Cause it is just probably like the most ambitious, like comedy project I think I've ever seen. Nice. Um, very good stuff. Um, TV shows. Um, finished Superman the animated series. I mentioned last week I finished White Lotus. Haven't been watching a ton of TV. Um, I know the Harley Quinn Valentine's Day special comes out this week, so excited for that. Um, but then the games, just been playing a lot of Horizon, getting deep into that. I don't I might beat the story by next week depends if I want to make a break for the end. I'm close enough that I'm like I kind of I kind of want to know where the where it goes and how it ends. I feel like there's just so much open right now. I don't know how they're gonna or if they will close it all by the end of this game. We'll see. Um, but I'm quite enjoying it. I think I've found all of the new machines too and a lot of the new machines are just pretty cool I think.
1: Are you gonna um, platinum that one?
0: Yeah, I am. Platinum oh, yeah. for it is not very hard. You don't even have to hundred percent the game. You just like a lot of it's like oh, like for like bandit camps or whatever, like what those equivalents. It's like complete five bandit camps or something. You don't even have to do all of them. It's so it's really not that difficult. I'll. I think the hardest part is there's like an arena, like a more full fledged arena in this game. Um, I think that. There might be a couple associated with that that might be a little bit more difficult. We'll see. But no difficulty-based ones, so that's good at least. Um, but yeah, I think that's it for me, Jimmy. What about you? What have you been up to? Well, first off, gaming-wise, I just
1: right before the podcast platinumed The Last of Us Part 1. So um, nice. done playing The Last of Us for at least a month, Holden. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did realize... To be fair, I had not replayed the game since right before part two came out. So okay, it had so, been
0: almost three years. So, yeah, that was the same length for me then. Yeah. So
1: Was, that, was this my fourth time playing it? Yes, but it was the first <laughs> time in like three years. So settle down.
0: That was only my second time when I played right. it before
1: Last of Us 2. Well, you're due. <laughs> I think I'll wait a bit. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> later this year. I'll borrow um, your copy. Yeah, there we go. If I'm not playing it again, Um, (laughs) yeah, I I won't be. Uh, Otherwise, let's see. Emily and I finished Game of Thrones, although I was very tired and fell asleep for the second half of the episode. So (laughs) I will need to rewatch the second half of that on my own time sometime because I was like, I remember some of this, but I definitely missed other parts that I don't know. I was like, I remember this happening, but I must have been asleep when we rewatched it because I did not see that happen.
0: What did Emily think?
1: Uh, She thought it was fine, I believe were her words. Okay. But again, after that, that fit that second to last episode is where it loses me. Hmm. Um, it's fine. Uh, can't wait for that Jon Snow series that may or may not happen. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> uh, otherwise, been rewatching Mandalorian, finished season one, on season two now, and like any issues I had with that show, at least the first season have just completely melted away. Like I just (laughs) thoroughly enjoyed it the second time through. I think it was good to just like the week to week. I feel like I had so many expectations for what the episode needed to be. Oh, sure. And so I was less bothered by like the adventure of the week sort of aspect to it and just really enjoyed it. So it's a good show. (laughs) So uh, I'm excited for season three. Rewatching season two. I do remember thinking season two was more inconsistent than season one. So we'll see what my feelings are this time around. Um, otherwise, I don't think I. Oh, again, almost forgot. I watched uh, Mulan six times this week because <laughs> we watched it in class. And while you're making the uh, on cinema at the cinema video and your Half Life video, I could make one about why the animated Mulan is in my opinion, one of the greatest animated movies ever. There and, you go. And it is very much good. better than the live action one.
0: Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you still enjoy it. Even after all of these times watching it,
1: I have gained a greater appreciation for that movie. Every time I've watched it all 19 times. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I really thought it was okay. Like I, I didn't really like it all that much. The first time I was just like, oh, I just want to watch a movie in class, you know, being a social studies teacher. That's kind of our calling card. So, was uh, the first
0: time you watched it
1: for the podcast? No, I don't think so. I think Emily and I just watched it because the, the live action one was coming out.
0: Okay. Well, didn't did we talk about it on the podcast? I feel like we reviewed that and the 2021 in the same episode or something.
1: Oh, gosh. Well, I would have to access the archive. I don't think we did talk Maybe about we Mulan. Didn't. I think that was pre podcast. No, Mulan live action well it was 2020 you are yeah we did
0: the mulan live action for the podcast i know we did that maybe we did re-watch it then
1: i don't know i don't remember (laughs) i don't remember doing that but it is has been like 185 episodes next week is our four-year anniversary olden crazy wow
0: And we haven't uh, gotten any
1: better nope and if anything we've gotten worse Mm mm-hmm so Mulan, what? When was that? Late twenty twenty?
0: Yeah, because we watched it when it came on Disney Plus. Uh, After it wasn't a paid tier anymore. Would it have been like December, November, December. I want to say. Um.
1: Oh, Mulan in parentheses the bad one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Mulan the bad one. we were reviewing Mandalorian and then Disney dumped a lot of news that day i guess
0: okay maybe we didn't do the first one maybe we just compared it or something must have review anyway um it's
1: really good that's my i'll (laughs) have to watch rewatch the live action one to understand why that one's so bad compared to the original all right uh that's it holden what's going on next week
0: so next week we have a gap week so i think my proposal is we do two oscar noms Oh gosh.
1: Um, well, let's guarantee one. I mean, it is Super Bowl weekend, so that might be
0: hard to get two. Okay. Let's um, do. Let's, let's let banshees. We could do banshees. I mean, we could do like there's any number of them we could do. do you I, want? To I do think we should, I I again think we should just prioritize the ones that will have
1: a better chance of winning awards. <laughs> so I think banshees has a lot of
0: talk. Okay. It.
1: And it's streaming. It's accessible. We yeah, can We watch can
0: do it. we'll do Banshees, maybe another one next week. We'll see. Uh, and definitely Last of Us episode five. Yes. Um, if you want to leave us a review or a request, you can do so by leaving us a five star review on iTunes, or by emailing us at tauntpodcast at gmail.com, or by donating to our Patreon. I believe that's it, Jimmy.
1: All right. Well, another two hour episode, all <laughs> so, I knew I mean
0: Figured it was going to happen, especially when I saw that Tom's, you know, went 45 to 50 minutes. So.
1: Oh, man. I think it was only like 40 minutes. holding So long. All right. Uh, l- that's enough. All right. Until next time. Adios.
0: Bunch of lives. Love you. <kisscrossing> that
1: one movie podcast. Domp. <laughs> <laughs>